This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 392 for Thursday, February 29th, 2024. Now, first of all, I wanted to say happy leap year, everybody. Yes, today is February 29th, in case you missed it a moment ago. And every four years, we have a leap year where February gets an extra day. And my old friend, Matt Flurry only has a birthday every four years. <laughs> but in today's episode, Sigma goes immersive and long. So Sigma has just announced two new lenses that are all the buzz right now, with the first being their brand new first in the industry 15mm f1.4 rectilinear fisheye DGDN art lens, and the second one being their new 500mm f5.6 DGDN OS sports lens. Now, these two new lenses are currently only available in the Sony E and Leica L mounts, but I imagine more mounts will be coming in the near future. So let's first take a look at the 15mm f1.4 fisheye. If you didn't already know, there are two primary types of fisheye lenses, the rectilinear and circular. The difference between the two is that the rectilinear models give you a crazy wild, but more normal field of view. And the circular ones, of course, give you the wicked bubble or circle-shaped field of view, which is the one that I have for my Fujifilm X-Mount. I have one that's made by TT Artisan. Now, with this new Sigma lens being the former of the two, so it's a rectilinear model. Now, the key features for this lens, it's full frame with an aperture of f1.4 to f16. It has bright, fast, or it's a bright, fast diagonal fisheye lens. They call it diagonal, but rectilinear, basically. And it's optimized primarily for astrophotography, although it would work very well for immersive landscapes. Now, it has a high-response linear actuator AF system, FLD, SLD, and a spherical elements in its design. It has a rounded aperture with 11-blade diaphragm. It has a removable and rotating tripod foot with Arca Swiss dovetails cut into it. And it's splash and dust-resistant construction. Boasting an expansive 180-degree angle of view and an ultra-fast f1.4 maximum aperture, the Sony E-Mount Sigma 15mm f1.4 fisheye DGDN art lens is a diagonal fisheye that brings epic scope and sweeping clarity to astrophotography, architecture, or landscape photography. With a minimum focusing distance of 15.2 inches and high-speed autofocus, this lens yields dramatic yet intimate images when used in action in sports applications. With 21 elements in, a to in total arranged in 15 groups, including 4 FLD elements, 3 SLD elements, and 2 spherical elements, 
The lens construction optimizes the reproduction of bright points of light. It also means the lens is sharp across the entirety of its viewing angle. The two rear sheet filter, uh, Filter slots and the included Arca Swiss compatible tripod collar benefit the long exposures necessary for astrophotography. The lens is also designed to handle all conditions of incident light, including high backlight resistance, to consistently promote clarity, sharpness, and overall image quality. Additionally, its dust and splash proof body and the weather and oil repellent lens coatings mean the lens can withstand exposure to the elements. Now, part of the reason for the type of elements they put in this lens, being what they are, is they wanted to create a lens that would not distort the appearance of stars when you're doing astrophotography. So that they, they would retain their normal shape and light emitting uh, field, I guess you could call it. The HLA, or high-response linear actuator focusing motor, introduces unprecedented speed, precision, and silence into the Sigma autofocus system. For videographers, focus breathing is minimized through the optical design. The HLA also offers improved focus following performance for sports photography and other subjects in motion, such as cars, planes, or birds in flight, ensuring that the decisive moment is not missed. For additional benefits, it is specifically has a specifically designed front lens cap with locking mechanism, tripod socket to distribute weight evenly, custom buttons and switches for manual focus locks, switch, uh, lens heater retainer to keep the front element from getting condensation buildup, and rear, rear filter holders. Now, as an FYI, this lens does weigh three pounds, so it is a bit hefty, and you'll certainly want to use the tripod collar when shooting with this beefy lens. You're going to want to mount it on a tripod using that collar. Now, if this is a lens that you are interested in, you can pre-order it now from B&H Photo and elsewhere for $1,999 U.S. And once again, it's only currently available in Sony E and Leica L mounts. Now, this lens is scheduled to be released in late March of 2024, so you can order it now, but you'll have to wait a few weeks before you'll actually receive it. And the second lens we're looking at today is the Sigma 500mm f5.6 DGDN OS sports lens. Now, the key features for this lens are its full frame with f 5.6 to f32 aperture range. It is a light and compact ultra telephoto prime lens optimized for handheld action capture. High response linear actuator AF system with optical image stabilization with OS2 algorithm. It has extra low dispersion glass elements, a removable rotating tripod collar, dust and splash resistant construction. A compact and lightweight ultra telephoto prime, the Sony E-Mount Sigma 500mm f5.6 DGDN OS sports lens leverages a robust construction and advances in optical design and optical stabilization to deliver professional grade performance when used handheld and in the most challenging environments. The lens's quiet and precise high-speed autofocus complements its optical performance allowing shooters to freeze action and produce compelling images in sports, wildlife, and aviation applications. 
Sigma's improved optical design situates exclusive low dispersion convex elements at the front of the lens to achieve both a compact and lightweight lens construction and high optical performance with excellent aberration correction. With 20 lens elements arranged in 14 groups, including three FLD elements and two SLD elements, the lens effectively prevents flare and ghosting and promotes image clarity. The lens body is built from thermally stable composite and magnesium for a robust dust and splash resistant construction. And the front element also sports a water and oil repellent coating to protect the lens from debris. Sigma's OS2 optical stabilization algorithm provides up to five stops of image stabilization. Combined with the compact form factor, the OS makes the lens well-suited for handheld usage and gives users the luxury of shooting at slower shutter speeds without sacrificing image sharpness. Two stabilization modes are available, Mode 1 for general shooting and Mode 2, which features Sigma's intelligent OS algorithm, ideal for panning shots and sports capturing. The intelligent OS provides effective image stabilization even when the camera is moved vertically or diagonally, irrespective or the of the horizontal and vertical orientation. The high linear response uh, actuator focusing motor introduces unprecedented speed, precision, and silence into the Sigma autofocus system. The HLA also offers improved focus following performance for sports photography and other subjects in motion, such as cars, planes, or birds in flight, ensuring that the decisive moment is never missed. Now, some of the additional benefits include an aperture ring with click and lock switches, tripod socket with dovetail to distribute weight evenly, uh, carbon fiber reinforced plastic lens hood, custom buttons and switches, three AFL buttons, focus mode switch, focus limiter switch, OS switch, custom mode switch, and aperture ring click switch. If this new Sigma Telephoto Prime is something you'd be interested in, you can pre-order it now at B&H Photo and elsewhere for $2,999 US in either the Sony E or Leica L mount, and they will start shipping at the end of March of 2024. Now, I want to pause here for a moment and, and speak just a little bit about the Sigma lenses, and this is not bashing them in any way, so I don't want you to think that. Sigma and Tamron both make great lenses, but as time has gone by in the last two to three years, I've been noticing that Sigma's lenses have been getting more and more expensive. Now, I'm not saying that as a diss on Sigma. I think what it is, is Sigma is actually getting to the point where their lenses, as far as the construction and the image quality capabilities, are getting more and more on par with, say, Sony's G Master line or the Canon L, L line which is Canon's luxury lenses. And I think that helps explain why some of their latest offerings are getting to be closer and closer to first-party pricing. Now, Tamron, for their part, they've gone the way they've always gone. They make fantastic lenses that are compact, lightweight, fast autofocus, great image quality, but they're staying in their lane as far as offering their lenses as a less expensive alternative to your first-party glass. 
And I think that's going to make a lot of people happy because Tamron is going to continue to cater to the less expensive line of lenses for your average shooters, you know, your, your hobbyist shooters, your parents that just want a couple of lenses for photographing their kids' soccer match or basketball game or whatever. And it really looks like Sigma is really trying to take on Canon, Nikon, Fujifilm, and Sony in a head-to-head matchup with offering lenses that are as high quality as those other, the camera manufacturers' high-end lenses and nearly at the same price point. So just something I wanted to add in at this episode. Now, again, I'm not bashing Sigma Fora. They do make some killer lenses and their optical designs are getting to be superb and their capabilities are getting to be superb as well. And I think that's their goal. They're really looking to take on the first party lenses head to head and offer shooters a little more choice. And that as I've said before, more choice, more variety, more selection is only better for us, the consumers. Now, before I wrap up today's episode, I wanted to let you all know that I'm going to be doing much more GFX content on my YouTube channel. As I recently had people reach out and ask for that kind of content, as there are very few YouTubers that are doing GFX content. Now, don't get me wrong, I mean, there's quite a few that do reviews of the bodies and lenses and nothing else. And more people want to see content about actually going out and shooting with the GFX system. Now, my GFX videos have by far been the most viewed videos on my channel. And this Sunday, I'll be releasing my video on the best accessories for the GFX 50R camera. And once that releases this Sunday, I'll come back and add a link to the video in today's show notes so that you can get to it quickly and easily. Now, I recently reached out to my contact Daniel at Fujifilm US and asked him to send me the GF45mm f2.8 lens to test out for three weeks on my GFX50R. Now, I wanted this lens to try out as it is the full-frame equivalent field of view to the 35mm focal length, which makes it perfect for street photography. Now, I've been out shooting with this lens a little bit so far and will be doing a lot more street photography with it this coming weekend, probably down in Raleigh, North Carolina. And so far, I must say, I am very impressed with the performance of this lens and the image quality that I get with it. So much so that I'm trading in my GF 50mm f3.5 and my Zeiss 2 at 12mm 2.8 for the Fujifilm X mount so that I can buy a used GF45 lens for myself. Now, as you already know, if you listen to this show weekly and watch my YouTube videos, my primary street photography camera is my excellent Fujifilm X100V. But there are times when I want the higher resolution, higher detail, and dynamic range of my GFX 50R. So with the GF 45mm 2.8 lens, I can also shoot street photography anytime I want with my medium format mirrorless system. Now, I know a lot of people complain about the GFX system being too slow. But if you're looking at or buying a GFX camera for sports or fast action, then you're totally missing the boat. Medium format has never, I repeat, never been made for those types of shooting. 
And it doesn't matter if you're talking Fujifilm GFX, Pentax 645, Hasselblad, or Phase 1. None of these cameras are speed demons. They are made for landscapes, portraits, and other types of studio work where the subject is not moving and you want to capture maximum details in dynamic range. Think shooting supermodels for a cover of a magazine or making product shots for a new Apple iPhone. Something like that is what these medium format imaging machines are made for. If you want speed and super fast frames per second, then you want a Fujifilm X-Mount, Sony, Canon, or Nikon camera for that kind of shooting. So if you're looking for super fast medium format, then move on. There is no such animal. However, if you want stunning images with massive amounts of detail and tons of dynamic range, then that is when you reach for one of the medium format options that I mentioned a moment ago. And if you want the very best medium format system that won't break the bank, then like me, you reach for Fujifilm GFX and call it a day. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group you can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on instagram facebook and twitter at liamphotoatl if you like abandoned buildings and history you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com all right, that's going to wrap up episode 392 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you might be listening to your podcast. If you're not currently a subscriber, why not? It doesn't cost you anything except for a second of your time to mash that subscribe button. Go ahead and do it now, please, and share the show out on social media and elsewhere and encourage your friends and family to give it a listen and subscribe to the show. It would be great. Greatly appreciated. Also, remember to check out the Liam Photography YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel. Turn on all notifications so you don't miss any of my future videos. And I have a good number of videos already posted that you can go back and look at at your leisure. Same with the podcast here. I have 391 previous episodes that you can go back and listen to at your leisure. And the show is family and work friendly. So you don't have to worry about getting in trouble if you're listening to it while you're in the office or you're listening to it at home with your family nearby. No worries there. All right, that's going to wrap this one up. I will see you all again next Thursday.